Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. When we moved into our new house on Knight's Oil Avenue, my wife was immediately enamored with the big garden. It was already blooming of flowers when we pulled up in the moving truck. Hundreds of roses, tulips, daffodils, lilies, daisies, and hydrangeas were lining the backyard on both sides and at the very rear of the property, iridescent in every color of the rainbow. Christine was thrilled, since she always had been a gardener, but we never had much space for flowers on our balcony. Still, she'd find a way to grow a collection of tomatoes, herbs, peppers, and cucumber plants, using large buckets filled with soil. Now she had all the space in the world to work with, an entire property that she can cultivate however she chose to. She didn't realize that there would be conditions to the garden, though. Rules to follow. And my wife was never one to follow the rules. Despite the magnificent garden at our house, it was missing a few things. Peppers, cucumbers, herbs, and tomatoes were the things we'd always grown on our balcony, so Christine immediately wanted to do the same thing at the new house. It was the beginning of summer, and so it was a bit late to be planting, but luckily she'd brought the big pots from our balcony, and she set them out in the backyard to transplant them into the soil back there. We would have to dig a new plot, but that was no problem, since the backyard was huge. I was helping her dig when I felt, rather than saw, a person staring at me. It took me a few moments to look up, but eventually I did. I noticed my neighbor was right there, just a few feet away, standing on her back lawn. She was watching me with a blank stare, her arms hanging limply at her sides. Good morning, I said, as warmly as I could under the circumstances. How are you? She was creeping me out, the way she was just standing there, her hair frizzy and out of place, one upper lip pulled back in a sneer like a, like a territorial dog. The look she was giving me was something that would make most people want to run. We were in our own backyard. She didn't respond to my greeting or my question. You shouldn't be doing that, she said. Doing what? my wife asked, looking genuinely curious. Read the rules, she said, then turned around and walked back inside, slamming the door behind her. We both stood there for a few seconds, quietly in awe of what had just happened. The fuck was that? my wife asked finally. I don't know. She got a frickin' screw loose. Yeah. Doubtfully, my wife went back to digging. She looked back at the neighbor's house occasionally, and so did I, disturbed to see the woman standing there watching us from her back window. That night, my wife came into the living room with a crumpled piece of paper in her hands. She was unfolding it and reading it, her eyes going wide as she paced, mouthing the words out loud. What is that? I asked nervously. She continued quietly reading for another minute as I grew more and more anxious. Christine... What is it? Finally, she answered. I found it wedged under the front doormat. Must have missed it when we moved in. A list of rules for living here. Let me see, I said. She handed the list to me. There were only four rules on the crumpled piece of paper, and we had broken all four. Rule one, 
You may plant flowers within the designated flower beds, but do not, under any circumstances, plant any sort of fruit or vegetable. Rule 2. Do not dig outside of the designated flower beds. These are the only areas where planting is permitted. Rule 3. Watering of gardens must be done between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. only. Autumn watering is not permitted. Rule 4. No outside soil is to be used on your property. Only soil found within the planters can be used for gardening purposes. It's a joke, I said to my wife, my throat feeling dry, my mouth parched. A, a prank on the new neighbors. She looked at me doubtfully, and I wished I believed it myself. I tried to work up the courage over the following weeks and months to talk to the neighbors, but I always got the feeling they didn't want to speak with me. Doors slammed when I stepped outside. Eyes darted the other direction when I tried to look their way. People on my street were always in a hurry when I was around. Always late for a meeting or for church. Bags full of groceries in their arms. Too heavy and awkward to stop for a moment to chat. And I couldn't help but think they were all in a hurry to get away from me. Like I was cursed or something. A leper they didn't want to make contact with for fear of catching some disease. It felt like both of us were being shunned, but why? Because of some ridiculous list of rules? After a while, I stopped caring, and so did Christine. It was the only way to stay sane and avoid paranoia and unease at all hours of the day. If the neighbors were going to hate us and treat us like pariahs, then so be it. We would give them what they wanted. The two of us would be the scourge of the neighborhood and their ridiculous list of rules. My wife and I made the backyard garden bloom with fruits and vegetables, well outside the parameters of the flower beds. We replaced almost all of the grass, filling in the empty spaces with soil and mulch, and things grew amazingly well. They were corn stalks as tall as people, carrots. They were two feet long, titanic tomatoes, plump peppers. We had colossal cucumbers, humongous herbs, and several sizable squash. But the prize of our garden was the pumpkin. We had only made room for one, which we planted to use as a jack-o'-lantern come Halloween, and it was going to be one hell of a jack-o'-lantern. The thing was enormous, warty and misshapen and perfect for the spooky season. It was bulbous and large, nearly the size of a small electric car. I've never seen a pumpkin so large. As the leaves began to turn yellow and orange falling from the trees, my wife and I got more and more excited for the day when we would put the pumpkin in front of our house on the porch. It would be the talk of the town. We should harvest everything in the morning, my wife said finally. After tomorrow, we're heading into a cold snap. That means the first frost of the season. It was nearly the end of October, and we'd gotten lucky pushing it as far as we had. Around this area, a cold snap can settle in overnight quickly, despite weather reports stating the contrary. And a sudden frost can spoil an otherwise bountiful harvest. Since we'd started planting late and everything was doing so well, we'd left things to grow, content to wait out the warm weather. Guess we finally get to carve that pumpkin. Yep, it's a good thing we've got the day off work tomorrow. It's going to be a busy day. The next morning, we woke up and went straight out to the backyard with cups of coffee in hand. We stood on the back deck in the dim light of dawn. The sun was just beginning to rise in the east, casting everything in a golden glow. And that was when I saw the man on the side street, dressed in a long brown robe, holding a torch in his hand. I, I didn't recognize him. His eyes 
staring straight ahead, looking right into my backyard. I pointed him out to Christine. Hey, I don't want to freak you out, but... What is that guy doing over there? She looked over and we both stared at the man, less than a hundred yards away, separated from us only by our neighbor's ample backyard and a flimsy chain-link fence between our two properties. I don't know. Do you think we should call the cops? He might start a fire. Doesn't look like he's quite all there. Nodding, I set down my cup of coffee on the wooden railing of the back deck. I had a sour taste in my mouth, and my pleasant morning felt like it had already been spoiled. Yeah, call the cops. I'll stay here and keep my eye on them. She went inside, and shortly after she did, another man joined him, standing a few yards beside him. Then another took a position equidistant on the other side. A low chant began to rise up from all sides of the property, north, south, east, and west. The words were ancient-sounding, like Latin or some of the language from long before that. Lost to time. I couldn't help myself. Staggering down the steps of the back deck, I went around the house towards the driveway to look for myself and see what was happening. The strange sensation of hearing the chanting from all sides was disorienting. Felt like I was in a bad dream. As dark clouds began to roll in, blocking out the golden rays of the sun. A chill crept through my bones as I staggered across the grass. It sounded like a hundred voices rising up into the early morning air. The mist was still rising from the dew-covered lawn, making everything look surreal and dreamlike. When I got to the driveway, I saw the neighbors were standing all around the house, dressed in identical brown robes, just like the man on the side street. They were holding torches and chanting that low, rhythmic, ancient language standing perfectly spaced apart. Freezing in place, I stood there, suddenly terrified. Whatever was happening here, we were not safe. Whoever these people were, they were in a, a cult or a secret society of some kind, and we were their target. Breaking their rules, we were going to be punished. The chanting continued as Christine came outside to find me in the driveway. Police aren't coming, she said, holding the phone in her hand like a paperweight. They... They said we should have followed the rules. She looked around and seemed to notice all the cult members in their brown robes that moment. And I took her hand and gripped it tightly in mine. A sound escaped my wife, which was somewhere between a whimper and a groan. And she surveyed our neighbors standing all around. Her eyes were wide and panicked as she glanced up at me. We didn't see the rules until it was too late, I yelled, hoping to make them a little more forgiving of us. The prospect of us being burnt alive hadn't occurred to me until that moment, and it wasn't a visual I was particularly comfortable with. Yeah, we're sorry, my wife tried. We were just gonna harvest everything today anyway. We'd be happy to share with you all. They all stopped chanting at that exact moment. And then they raced towards us, screaming. Their torches were held out like spears of warriors headed into battle. Their faces were full of violent rage. My wife and I backed away as the ground began to shake beneath their feet. At first, I thought the ground was shaking because of the approaching mob, but as they raced past us and pushed us out of the way, I realized it was actually an earthquake. My wife and I were sent reeling backwards, tumbling to the ground. I looked back to see the neighbors were all falling over from the sudden tremors, and a few of their torches had gone out. What caught my eye next was what was happening in the backyard. It was impossible. There it was, right in front of me. A massive shape like a boulder was rising up from the ground, where we planted our potatoes and deets. It was 
defying gravity as it unearthed itself and emerged from the soil. Surprisingly, it looked like a giant root vegetable, not a boulder, as I'd first thought. And dangling from it were bones and corpses in various states of decay, which formed with other huge root vegetables intertwining to look like sinewy muscle and bone. And the corpses were moving. They were groaning and flailing as if alive. A few fell to the ground and began to clamor to their feet, roaming the backyard afterward. A huge hulking spider the size of a building was emerging from the soil of our backyard, I realized. The twisting, bloated forms of zombie corpses and car-sized root vegetables made up the bulk of it, along with clumps of soil that fell crumbling to the ground constantly with each movement that it made. My neighbors were rising to their feet. Relighting their torches as its head emerged from the ground, our prized pumpkin made up its visage, and the blank, rotten faces of it were more horrifying than any jack-o'-lantern that we could have carved. Its green stalk connected to the rest of the monstrosity, compelling its hulking, arachnid form. What the hell is that? I heard my wife mutter as the two of us backed away in nervous terror. It's the reason we have these rules in this neighborhood, the woman I recognized from next door said her face mostly obscured by the hooded brown robe. "'You must be new to Hollow's End,' said another man I realized was from across the street. "'Sorry, we all just thought you were being assholes.' He took out a bow, and I saw that he had a quiver of arrows slung on his back, as did many of the other neighbors. They began to light the arrows from their torches as the entire form of the massive corpse-root spider came into view. It towered over us, its legs as long as telephone poles. The bodies within its mangled form began to stir as the morning light hit them. Ready your arrows, the man next to me yelled. Light! Aim! Fire! A dozen arrows with flaming tips were soaring through the air a second later as bowstrings twanged and released their pent-up force. The flaming arrows hit the giant spider and its face lit up with fire, two glowing red eyes and a mouth opening up within the blank warty skin of the pumpkin. A hideous jack-o'-lantern visage bloomed up its face that smiled at us and breathed a gout of fire in our direction, like a dragon in a rage. My wife and I dove out of the way, as did our neighbors, just as fire scorched the space where we'd been standing milliseconds before. The pumpkin-faced spider creature let out a monstrous laugh and brought one of its legs down to stomp on us. It missed my wife and I just barely. But several of the neighbors were caught up in the tangling roots and grasping, rotten hands of the zombies reaching out from them. The dead bodies had been buried beneath the soil, I realized. And perhaps we had brought them back to life by breaking the rules. I had no time to find out. The remaining neighbors released another hail of flaming arrows. They struck the giant spider on its back and face, setting it ablaze even further. It began to march down the driveway, away from the house, as the town folks ran after it in pursuit. The road was soon littered with zombies falling from the thing's underbelly. They ambled off into the neighborhood, and I heard the occasional screams they came across unsuspecting people. Houses were set alight with the falling debris of the enormous flaming vegetables, which came tumbling from the spider, smoldering and acting as perfect fire-starting material. Sporadic fires could be seen burning all around and up and down the street. I wondered if the entire city would be set on fire soon, and if the zombies would take over the planet. In both those scenarios seemed highly probable, but at least we were safe for the time being. Uh-oh, my wife said from behind me. You, we might not be in the clear just yet. One of my neighbors was lying on the driveway, bleeding out. He looked up to see the same thing we were seeing. The tomatoes in the backyard hadn't been part of the giant spider. 
They were still hanging from their vines. But they were far from normal. Giant, plump, red tomatoes began to split open, revealing mouths filled with sharp teeth. They wriggled and broke free from the greenery and began to bounce towards us. My neighbor gasped, making a panic sound low in his throat. Tell me you didn't... You didn't grow... Tomatoes. Attack of the killer tomatoes. Attack of the killer tomatoes. They'll beat you, bash you, squish you, mash you, chew you up for brunch. Hey there, kids, it's me, Mr. Creepypasta, and thank you so much for watching tonight's video. And if you guys are not listening on the podcast, then I strongly suggest you check out Spotify. The Mr. Creepypasta Storytime podcast on Spotify is exactly what you see here on YouTube. Or if you're listening on the podcast, I strongly suggest you check out YouTube. The Mr. Creepypasta channel on YouTube is the exact same thing you see on Spotify. So, uh, really, there's no reason to cross-platform unless you just want to see more things. Or you want to see more of me, which you can also do on Twitter at Mr. Creepypasta. And as always... I want to give a big thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. That includes everybody who's been waiting for me to update my Patreon, and I thank you all so, so much for being so patient with me. But especially, I want to give a thank you to Jordan Alexander Sanchez, Jacob Fenske, Stephanie Butler, Bobby Carmen, Chance Burnett, Diana Krause, Tristan Pelton, Acid System, Adam Garrick, Aaron Stormcrow, Ika Limchok, Amber Clark, Angelus, Atomorous, Bastion Beefcake, Blue the Enigma, Braden Morris, Broken Beast 320, Captain Scurvy, Caspian, Shelly J, Corey Tension, Cronut 509, Crusader Chocobo, Cryptic Nightmares, Curse Pox Primark, Dakota Lane Whetstone, Daniel Paulson, Darth Miver, Deleted Account, Dirt Diver 030, M, Esteban, Fester's Lampshade, Freddy Krueger, Gorag Tri Magazine, Grand Moth the Milky, Hades Nephew, Happy Birthday Jason Wilson, Harley, Himbo Jerry, Horseman Set Time, Insanity Game Rex, Jay Cairns, Jesus Cornell, Jordan Humble, Justin LaFontaine, Kaylee Ambrose, Kiri the Sloth, Crazy Kid, Cryolinian, Lambda M98, Lisa Cottrell, Little Crow, Lord Life's Best, Lupita Galvin, Love You Eminem, Matt Bach, Melted Lake, Michael Allen Jr. Bashirs, Mike, Mr. Marcus Blitz, Nate Cull, Nico Kyle, Psychomel, Red Shadow Cat, Rob Like Sharp Things, Sam Ahai, Sashi Sasaku, Seclude, Spricket, Tali Sue, Tater Chip, That Creepy Chick, The Ginger Bros, Turtle Man, Voice of Sand, William King, Xavier and Cheyenne, Yargul, and Zachary Graphius. If you would like to join this list of names that I horribly mispronounce, then please head over to patreon.com slash mrcreepypasta, or you can always check out the names in the description down below, and I appreciate it infinitely. So thank you all on Patreon, thank you all so, so much, and to everyone, sweet dreams. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.